Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pod, MN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist, and others like who knows. <laughs> great to have you on board once again today. It is great to be back to talk about the Minnesota Vikings who took a 29-0 lead at the half. So I, I guess they won. You know, I guess what the heck happened to the Steelers? I thought they were going to be a little more dangerous tonight. And the Vikings almost lose the game, if not for a Harrison Smith uh, pass deflection at the last second when the ball was in the hands of the Pittsburgh Steelers tight end. The game possibly could possibly have gone to overtime, and I think we would have known what would have happened at that stage because we all know what momentum does. But Minnesota survives 36-28 at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. A win's a win. They're still in it, and they're in the hunt, and blah 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 and cliche here, and backs against the wall, and there's no tomorrow, and, 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 and stuff. Yeah, well, whatever. I, I still would like to see... I still would, still would like to see changes with the coaching and the leadership and the all, all the above. You got to. Uh, Kirk Cousins was terrible most of the game. He had a couple of good moments here and there. Clint Kubiak had probably his best game as Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator, that or his advisors around him. Ben Roethlisberger looked absolutely useless the whole first half and looked like Super Bowl champion two times <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger. Hall of Fame first ballot Ben Roethlisberger the second half. Very impressive to watch. and That was great. I really liked to see what Ben Roethlisberger was able to do. Couple of crazy urban legends in the game as people taunting, like Chase Claypool taunting, and there's just the stupidest thing. Like you're finally starting to get some momentum and you get called for taunting, you act like a total jackass. And then Chris Boyd taunting after making like his third tackle in the NFL, basically. Not quite that low, but it felt like it's actually yeah, well he had four in the game. But yeah, um he makes just you know, he's hardly ever in the game, and then he gets whistled for taunting as well, just plain stupid. And also, just how do you let a team back from 29 down? A team that looked basically lifeless and dead. Of course, they're better than that. But they're not that good. <laughs> Obviously, they're not that good. But of course, only Minnesota would have given up 29 points in a game. The greatest comeback in NFL history, for those of you old enough to remember. Myself included. Houston Oilers took a th- uh, 35-3 to lead. It wasn't 32-0. 35-3 lead might as well have been. Over the Buffalo Bills in the wild card round. In nineteen of the nineteen ninety two season, so January ninety three, and Buffalo gradually but surely came back and won that game. It was absolutely nuts. It was one of those where you're like, yeah, it's boring. It's a blowout and cool. Houston looks awesome. Good, go, go Houston. It'd be nice to see them finally do something, including Warren Moon finally win a playoff game, and he still didn't win a playoff game. Warren Moon never won a playoff game. Isn't that weird? But I guess we're all jackasses because uh, for saying that. So I guess that's terrible. It's merely a fact. Um, God bless Warren Moon. I enjoyed him as a Minnesota Viking. I think he, I thought he was a lot of fun to watch. I liked him even more as a Houston Oiler. But he didn't win a playoff game, and he didn't win that one either. And his interceptions didn't help in that game. Uh, Kirk Cousins' interceptions didn't help in this one either. He was terrible. Kirk Cousins was terrible. Thirty-one. Uh, he attempted 31, completed 14. It felt like, it almost felt worse than that. Both of his interceptions were earned. They were not good. Oh, and then a certain guy... Came back from a separated shoulder just two weeks ago, which sounds like a month or so type of injury. Two to maybe four to six week type of injury, at least. He comes back and runs for 205 yards in the game and two touchdowns. Rejoice, rejoice, fantasy ballers. It's showtime! And again, I say rejoice. Yeah. (laughs) Delvin. Holy crap, dude. What a great game by Delvin Cook. It was a lot of fun. Did an absolutely spectacular job. Now, Clint Kubiak wasn't as good in the second half. Talk about ultra-conservative, but I'm sure that was uh, somebody above Clint Kubiak. You know you know how people take orders from above, that kind of thing, or from the sidelines? He was the guy higher in the stadium physically, but you get the idea, higher up the, the food chain, so to speak, that we're going to basically be ultra-conservative on offense and preventive on defense, which, well, <laughs> I'm seeing the number 29 on a Viking jersey. Let's just leave it at that. 29-point lead just about completely went away. Just about. Luckily, the Vikings' win probability never completely went away, even though it was down to certain stages late, which a lot of people going like, holy Toledo, it was down to 65 at one point, and it was actually all the way down to about 50% on the final play of the game. Thank God in heaven, the Vikings end up surviving and winning the game. It was pretty darn crazy. 
lots of fun. Uh, obviously, again, the first half was fun. Greg Joseph did miss a uh, 51 yard or was it 53? It doesn't matter. It was slightly over 50, but annoying that he missed it. Glad to know that uh, he was able to make some others. Um, three of four overall, but he also missed an extra point, which was extremely annoying. It's one thing to miss a fairly long field goal. It's not surprising, unfortunately, because he's not, you know, he's not a superstar kicker. But it was, it's annoying. You get the touchdown, you can't make the extra point, and it's like, it just reeks of like, yeah, we're going to somehow find a way to lose this thing because of something like that. Chris Boswell, one of the greatest kickers of all time, apparently, and he missed a kick in the game, which was like kind of funny and weird. And I'm seeing Presley Harvin. I'm thinking, Percy's playing again? No, it's Presley Harvin the third. He was punting for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Harvin, a punter. Okay. Uh, it's just, yeah, Har- Harvin, a punter. Uh, okay. <laughs> not, a, not a whole lot to get excited with kick returns in this game, at least on the Vikings side. Ray McLeod, Ray Ray McLeod the third, another third, was able to get a 23-yard long on one of the returns throughout the game. We're happy for him. Um, Harrison Smith, I thought, played very solid throughout the day. Armand Watts had some big moments. He got away from one sack, and he, or excuse me, uh, Ben Roethlisberger got away from one somehow, even though he's slow now. But Armand Watts did get him later on. Vikings were able to get tons of sacks in this game. Harrison Smith with the uh, safety blitz. Sheldon Richardson later on got a sack. Eric Kendrick, spectacular game. With 11 total tackles, also got a sack in the game. Armand Watts, like I just mentioned. And, yeah, Michael Pierce. That's what the other one was. Michael Pierce and Delvin Tomlinson both back, playing full-time again. We're very happy about that. In fact, they were back last week, and the run defense wasn't what it needed to be at all, um, particularly later in the game. And Najee Harris was pretty good in this game as well. The run defense was not real good. Najee Harris, one of those, like, give me the ball 99 times a game, type of players as a rookie. But yeah, Pittsburgh has had so many good running backs come through their system throughout the last, you know, since since, since their Super Bowl season, going back to Mendenhall and such. Uh, obviously, contract issues with others. Let's just leave their names where they are. Um, Pittsburgh has always been kind of hanging around. Is Mike Tomlin's job in jeopardy? Odds are it would have been if the Steelers got absolutely blown out of there. Uh, it still very much could be. I think both teams, Pittsburgh and Minnesota, probably need a new voice. It wouldn't hurt my feelings if we, say, uh, traded sidelines with the two coaches. Maybe Pittsburgh would be annoyed a little bit. Pittsburgh fans, that is. Uh, Whereas uh, I think Minnesota fans would be pretty happy to have Mike Tomlin wearing purple again, as he only did one year as defensive coordinator, have him come in and be the head coach of the Vikings. That's if you want to. Obviously, a lot of people are probably thinking you want an offensive-minded coach, like more of the... Dallas Cowboys, the offensive coordinator, was very creative down the stretch against Minnesota and against other teams. They're beating the Washington football team right now, 21-0. to The Washington W's, the Washington Gophers. I don't like calling them the Washington football team. It just feels like we're all caving into PC everywhere we go. And it is what it is. You can, you can have your opinions about everything. Uh, Kansas City's crushing Oakland Raiders. Of course, again, you're noticing how this show is being released at, released at the normal time every Sunday, even though the game was on Thursday. It's just that's the way my schedule adds up. Got to record uh, Timberwolves Explosion on on Friday. I was busy Saturday, so got to do what we got to do. And again, of course, segments number two and three, especially two, are very much Sunday night related. That way we can kind of get caught up and look at how things are going throughout the league and, of course, uh, preview our next opponent, which is Monday Night Football. Get an extra day off <clears throat> for the players and such to play the Chicago Bears in Soldier Field. So we'll get back to that one, Monday Night Football. So, again, that one will probably be recorded all on Thursday morning, is my guess. Not sure the uh, lady upstairs would appreciate me recording uh, <laughs> late at night. I, I don't think she would. She's a little difficult, a little bit difficult. Let's just leave it at that. Patrick Peterson was pretty good in his return. We really appreciate what he brought. Obviously a steadying influence down the stretch. But again, do I have any faith in this coaching staff and the leadership of this team? Not really. Um, Delvin Cook absolutely stood out in this game so many ways. Uh, He was so dominant, especially early, uh, but generally throughout the game. I mean, to come back from that type of thing, uh, a separated shoulder, and of course you're going to take hits and all that only two weeks later. 205 yards and two touchdowns. 
I mean, you're jumping for joy if you're the easier fantasy player, but just, just in general, it was like Terrell Davis type of game when he had those awesome days and they were winning Super Bowls in Denver. It was just that kind of deal for Dalvin Cook. That was the fun part of the game. The bad part was, again, just the usual falling on ourselves and, of course, uh, our best friend and everyone's favorite cornerback ever, by the name of Ashad Breeland. Let's, let's just say there's a reason why he had eight tackles. Yes, he had an interception in the game. See, that, that's what it's like with Rashad Breeland. It's kind of a hot, cold type of thing. He had an interception, he deflected a pass, and blah, blah, blah. But he also looked like crap in the, most of the rest of the game. This and that. He was not good, and of course he fell on a touchdown late in the game, which drew insane booing from the uh, Minnesota audience. Of course, the Minnesota crowd Freyer Murth with the touchdown, and it drew massive booing. A lot of people could just sense, here we go. Pittsburgh's going to come back and win this game. And, of course, again, Kirk Cousins with the idiotic uh, interceptions. And, again, it's good that we're taking chances and that the offense is more aggressive. It's just still, they're just terrible, Pat. It was just, he was just terrible. He was inaccurate throughout the whole game and the teeth grinding and all that. I think we're all done. I think we're all done with that. Um, Glad to know he's a he's a Christian. I'm very happy to know about that. Uh, check out the Faith and Goal podcast. Those of you, probably a lot of you don't know about that one. Paul Allen, believe it or not. Paul Allen, the same play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Vikings, does a Faith and Goal podcast. And even more crazy, Faith and Goal followed Purple Mafia last night. What do you think of that? Pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> that, that made me feel pretty good. I know PA himself would follow it, but he had his, uh, he had his Faith and Goal podcast Twitter follow it. So... Pretty cool. It's a combination of Christianity and, uh, you know, and football type of podcast. And, hey, you know, it is what it is. Of course, it's not for everybody. We all have our uh, different beliefs and such. But I recommend it, you know, depending on how you feel. Um, Kirk Cousins was a guest in one of the early episodes. And, you know, I God bless him. But it's just, do I want him to be the quarterback of the Vikings the next five years? Not really. Um, lots of nice numbers, nice statistics. But, you know, I mean, again, a game like this, there's no way in hell you're going to watch this team play like that. Obviously, you get teased, and a lot of people were kind of comparing this is who they are, like going up, dominating potential. That 29 nothing that shows the dominating potential of this team, followed by, you know, falling apart, falling apart time and time again miraculously coming out with a win this time around. Maybe not miraculously, but thankfully coming out with a win this time around. In other cases, not coming out with a win, including once with Detroit and one time miraculously getting by Detroit. Uh, fumbling late in Cincinnati, deep in Cincinnati territory to wrap things up. Missed field goal attempt, which was not far at all for Greg Joseph versus Arizona, the best team in the NFC this year. Stuff like that. I mean, it's like, yeah, you lost the game. You only lost by this much, but you did lose, though. That's the problem, and that's why we're in the position we are. We're in the hunt instead of home field advantage in the first round, at the very least, if not, you know, throughout the playoffs. This team has a talent level that could at least be a second or third seed. Maybe at least a, at least home field for a wild card game. and be a heavy favorite. We all know how heavy favorites are in this town as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, Chase Claypool. Mm. Yeah, he, he's a hell of a player. It's just, yeah, he's, a, he's an ass too, though. He's an ass. Obviously, there's asses. There were, there were asses on both sidelines in this game, and it was annoying. Um, again, eh, all of them should have been booed, frankly, for their behavior, to be quite frank. Um, KJ Osborne, of course, great 62-yard play. Kirk Cousins, he was able to break loose. Kirk Cousins was accurate on that throw, and we appreciate it very much. Really love KJ Osborne. Dropped a, dropped one or two that should have been caught, and of course some of those were throwaways as well, including the 15 attempts in Justin Jefferson's direction. Um, a few of those were throwaways. Both of them got a touchdown in the game. Seven official catches for Justin Jefferson for 79. KJ, 83, again, bloated with that 62-yard catch on only three catches, but again, that was a great play. The Vikings do have at least three really good receivers on this roster. No Adam Thielen, of course, and yeah, once again, I'm not sure we're going to ever see our uh, friend by the name of Everson Griffin. I don't know if he'll be playing in the NFL anymore. Maybe. I'm sure he wants to come back, but are they going to let him come back? I don't know. I'm sure he wants to. I mean, I would want to come back, but <laughs> again, it is what it is. Uh, is he going to come back? <laughs> Will he actually suit up for the Vikings ever again? I'm not sure. It's a little bit too crazy, a little bit too out there, and with all due, and I say that with, with respect. 
it's just it is what it is um so much back and forth so many random crazy things that happened in the game again such excellent offense and such mediocre to bad defense pittsburgh again looking as lifeless as they did and then completely taking charge in the second half the way they did and kirk cousins is erratic play throughout the game luckily greg joseph again like i said made three field goals later after missing his first it was a fun game to watch fun game to keep up with and all that but as an actual viking fan or or somebody covering the team a combination of both and you're only six and seven after winning that you know it's kind of it's just kind of okay you know it's okay that you won you feel a little better in a sense, but I don't have any faith that this team can string together enough victories to go in any type of a playoff run. And I don't think it's cute if this team is able to get to the playoffs and get beat in the first round. I don't think that's like a successful season. I don't want to hear that nonsense. I don't want to hear that, uh, oh, the fans are always hating on Kirk Cousins and blah, blah, blah. Sure, he's got special skills. A lot of quarterbacks out there don't have special skills. Teddy Bridgewater has the special skills in the pocket that Kirk Cousins doesn't have. Kirk Cousins has the better arm and the overall better accuracy, though he was not accurate in this game. Uh, But Teddy Bridgewater's got a little better head on his shoulders, I'd have to say. A little better head on his shoulders, this and that. But uh, yeah, he he lacks some of the uh, special skills. You know, they're all different. Every quarterback is different. You know, like Tavares Jackson had the special skills of mobility and a great arm, but his accuracy was awful and he didn't have it between the head. Kirk Cousins' great accuracy most of the time, not all the time. Great arm, no mobility, and didn't have doesn't have it in the head most of the time. Usually doesn't. Um, it's just the way it is. It's all these different factors. There's so few quarterbacks that have it in the head. Like Brady, it's pretty much everything except mobility, but he has, again, the state of mind to make a single step, one to three steps, that can change an entire situation where he's got a pass rush coming right at him, makes a couple steps forward or steps to this direction, this and that, and the guy's looking foolish and the, the ball's down the field with uh, with with uh, with accuracy and into the the hands of the uh, hands of, of of the good guy, so to speak, whoever it is that he's throwing the ball to. So, I mean, that's what you want out of a quarterback, obviously, the clutch ability, the accuracy, the state of mind to know when and where to go. Whereas certain quarterbacks, next thing you know, they're just kind of in the pocket, ready to cock back and fire. And next thing you know, they're, they're getting strip sacked. And I don't know. They're all different, man. That's just all I got to say about that. I, I wish this game meant something. I do. I mean, it, it does to some people. But to me, not really a whole lot at the end of the day. It, it's like there would be more to say if this was... If this was a situation where the Vikings were going to go nine and three, ten and two, or something like that, but unfortunately, that's just not where we're at. Uh, you know, like nine, uh, ten and three, something like that. God, I wish. I, I wish with all my heart. The Fran Tarkington of this episode is about as easy as it gets. It's got to be Dalvin Cook. I mean, the way he came back and was able to do what he was able to do, and even Madison was solid throughout the short amount of time he was in there. The Christian Pound Memorial. You know, I mean, Kirk Cousins with the turnovers, the inaccuracy, and how he was just kind of, he was just kind of shaking out there, to be quite honest. He was so shaky. I'm going to have him share it with Bashad Breeland. Again, Breeland just awful. You know, I mean, you can say what we want. He wasn't feeling good and this and that. And it sucks having guys injured and this and that. But at least he did have uh, Patrick Peterson back out there. That helped. But Kirk Cousins and Bashad Breeland are going to share the Christian Pond Memorial for this particular episode. Again, urban legends are, again, why are you taunting? (laughs) Why are are you taunting like when A, you're getting blown out at the time, which was going on with uh, Claypool, and they're finally getting a little momentum. And Chris Boyd, like you're barely even in there and you're taunting? Good, Good luck getting significant snaps in the future when you do stuff like that. Like, you know, like somebody that barely gets in there and then they slug the guy in the face. They, they slug the defender in the face. I think, uh, what was that guy's name years ago? Uh, came here from the Eagles. Oh, I forgot his name. I could probably find it, but it doesn't really matter. He had like an Irish name. Obviously, you know, a black receiver punched uh, the cornerback in the face because he didn't like something. And then he got cut right after that. It's like that, that was real smart. You know, you were already a bubble guy and you slugged the guy in the face. 
that's smart. <laughs> so obviously, you know, obviously a 15-yard penalty and unsportsman and all that nonsense. So it's stuff like that. Ur urban legends to the stupidity of certain players that, uh, you know, it's just not the time or place. It never really is, but especially in those situations that uh, were brought up there. With that said, we'll take a quick break and we'll look around the league and preview the Chicago Bears game coming up. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the league and next week's opponent, the Chicago Bears, which will be Monday night football. Sunday night football is on in the background as per tradition, or so I'd like to believe. Green Bay, Chicago, the oldest matchup in the history of the NFL. Of course, Thursday night football, well, we reviewed that already. Minnesota and Pittsburgh, 36-28. to Minnesota won the game. Six and seven on the season. Pittsburgh six six and one, tying Detroit earlier in the season. Let's get to the Brown Bowl. The Brown Bowl. This time Cleveland got to host it because it was all about Cleveland here. The Brown Bowl. The former Browns and the current Browns. Well, the current Browns defeated the former Browns, which doesn't happen very often. Seven and six on the season. Baltimore's eight and five. Twenty four to twenty two. Good job, Cleveland, hanging in there, hanging into contention, I suppose. Uh, doesn't help with uh, Lamar Jackson unable to really continue in the game. Only play, only uh, attempted four passes. Tyler Huntley took over. So again, that didn't help. Baker Mayfield with the usual INT mixed in. Nick Chubb. Not, not much going on with the offense, honestly, in the game for Cleveland or Baltimore. Can't say it was the most entertaining game of all time, though. Justin Tucker had a 55-yarder along the way. Latavius Murray, former Minnesota Viking, of course, Helped to get Baltimore back in the game as Cleveland actually took a massive lead, 24-3. to After Tyler Huntley fumbled and Miles Garrett recovered the ball for a 15-yard touchdown. So again, that is a that is a fumble six, as we like to call it. Otherwise, Cleveland had him up 3-0, 10-0, and 17-0, or Baker Mayfield had a couple of touchdown drives late in the first and midway through the second. Cleveland with a couple of good drives. That's what ultimately won the game in a lot of ways, but Baltimore... Made a strong, valiant comeback. Getting a couple of field goal drives. And again, Latavius getting into the end. So Tyler Huntley getting them close with a minute-ish back. But they couldn't stop. Them being Baltimore could not stop Cleveland from moving the chains and icing the game down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Congratulations, Cleveland. Able to hey, stay alive, stay alive. They're second place behind, well, Baltimore in the AFC North. So ahead of Pittsburgh at the moment. Tennessee and Jacks. Jacks is just Jack Bleep. They're 2-11. and 11. Let's just call them the Jack Bleeps until they start actually winning. 2-11. and 11. They stink. Tennessee 20. Back-to-back -back losses leading into this one, but they got the victory here. Donta. Donta Foreman. Donta Foreman was able to get a touchdown again. Adrian was on Tennessee earlier in the year. Ryan Tannehill also ran one in. Efficient, but nothing great for him. And Trevor Lawrence, there are four interceptions in the game. And, of course, with uh, Jacksonville behind the entire way, and they had to take chances, and blah bitty blah and Laquan Treadwell had 68 yards receiving in the game with four catches. James Robinson hardly even saw the ball, and when he did, Tennessee got the job done stopping him. Laquan Treadwell, hey, I mean, he has to be able to play at some point. He has 144 yards leading into this, which is kind of crazy. You'd think he'd have a little more. Something just doesn't seem right about that. But I guess he's just been emerging lately finally getting in the mix, and he's had a couple of good games in a row. He's over 200 yards in the season. He had 144 leading in the game, but shut out. 20, 20 to nothing. Tennessee back to their winning ways again and hanging up there with the Kansas City Chiefs and the number one seeded New England Patriots. Jiminy Christmas. New England Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New England's winning their division again. Kansas City's winning their division again, too. Yeah, they're, they're back. 9-4 uh, and four victory. 48-9 over their division rivals, the Las Vegas Raiders, who drops to 6-7. Who drops, who dropped to six and seven. It just tells you how good and strong the AFC is, and of course the AFC West is a very strong division. As last place Las Vegas Raiders have the same record as the second place 
<clears throat> purple club, you know, that purple team that's, you know, plays in Minneapolis, uh, you know, this U.S. Bank Stadium, some some team, I don't know, that, I guess this podcast has something to do with them, but whatever, who cares, right? No, I'm just kidding. 35 nothing in the game at one point, so obviously, yeah, Kansas City didn't have the, or excuse me, Las Vegas didn't have the greatest comeback in the NFL history uh, in the cards. No, sorry, they just didn't have it, and they didn't, they just didn't. Kansas City is really getting hot at the moment. We'll see if it lasts into the postseason. New Orleans, <laughs> New Orleans Saints. Who's the quarterback this week? Who's the quarterback this week? Taysom Hill. No touchdown passes, but efficient in the game. Alan Kamara was able to run for 120. Oh, and by the way, Taysom Hill. He didn't pass for anybody. He ran for two. Nice fantasy quarterback, Taysom Hill. Whoever picked him up, good luck and congratulations to you. Make a, maybe you have a shot at making a little playoff run here. No Trevor Simeon at the moment. Of course, he's banged up. But uh, Taysom Hill's an entertaining guy, no doubt about it. Zach Wilson did not turn the ball over. Congratulations, but he wasn't efficient either. And the Jets just, yeah, it's just junk. There's so much junk in the NFL. Yeah, there's just so much junk. They're 3-10 and 10 on the season. And whatever, 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 right? Dallas led 21-0 over there, one of their, one of their arch rivals, the Washington W's or Gophers or whatever you want to call them. The Washington W's. We're not W's today. They were L's. They were the Washington L's. <laughs> no quarterback. Neither quarterback was good. They were both L's too. Okay, yeah. I'm not a millennial, but I might as well just have fun with that, I guess. I'm definitely not a millennial. I'm X all the way and, yeah, 80s fan and all that. Tyler Heineke turned the ball over once and had a nasty overall game. Couldn't complete a pass for the most part. Somebody called Kyle Allen wasn't much better. Dak Prescott threw a couple of interceptions, but the Cowboys were the better team, at the generally speaking, during the course of the game. And Brian Johnson, the kicker of the Reds, the, well, the football, whatever they are, the W's, the L's, the Washington L's, uh, missed the only kick he attempted, which was an extra point. Extra point. <laughs> As they attempted uh, two-point conversions in the game, did the... Uh, W's, the Washington W's, one failed, one succeeded, as the W's were mounting a bit of a comeback that ended up coming up short down the stretch. They were within seven points, though, in the final four and a half minutes of the game, but could not put together a run to uh, tie the game up. Dallas remains in first place. They're nine and four. Lots of nine and fours everywhere. Atlanta Falcons over the Carolina Panthers. Panthers are completely out of the picture by now. Yeah, they're in the hunt. No, they're not. They're five and eight. They're not in any freaking hunt. They're just not. Just, 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 yeah, they're just not, okay? They're not going to make the playoffs. And if they do, I'd be shocked. I suppose you could still have a winning record if you win the last four games, but yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> Atlanta 21, or 29 to 21 over the Carolina Panthers over there in the deep south, the southeast. Matt Ryan efficient, but nothing great. Cordero Patterson, another former Viking, putting up numbers. Doing a little better than his, uh, the other guy who played in Atlanta last year, Laquan Treadwell. But a couple of good games in a row for Laquan Treadwell. 40 or 58 yards rushing in the game and got in the end zone. Cordero Patterson, good for you, buddy. Good for you. Cam Newton back at quarterback this week. Threw for 178 yards and a turnover. He's not the same guy, but he was able to run the ball into the end zone once with 47 yards. And he also lost a fumble in the game. So... I, uh, uh, whatever, Atlanta and Carolina, neither one of them is playoff material, and if either one makes it, they're going to get their butts handed to them in the first round. Let, let me tell you. Seattle's won a couple games in a row. Good for them. 33-13. to 13. They beat Frico last, uh, well, that was, yeah, that was last week. They beat San Fran Frico last week, and then they whooped up on an awful 2-11 Houston team. They're 5-8. and eight. They're still in the mix. No, they're not. They're, they're just not. If you're 5-8, and eight, you're not in the mix. Sorry, you're out. You're dead. Go ahead and go undefeated. Like, prove prove it to me. Prove me that I'm wrong. Rashad Penny ran for 137 yards and two touchdowns. And Russell Wilson, a bit more efficient than he has been, but it's Houston. So, whatever. <clears throat> and Seattle's defense sucks, too. Giving up 331 yards passing from Davis Mills. What more is there to say? Both of these teams stink. Tyler Lockett had a, had a good game, and Brandon Cooks both got in the century mark receiving. We're happy for them. And again, Rashad Penny was a big difference for Seattle getting into the end zone twice and rushing for 137 in the game. Seattle Sea Monsters. No, I'm just kidding. That's that's the crack in the Sea Monsters. Yeah, well, Seattle won the game. Whatever. D 
Detroit and Denver. That's coming up later because that's the NFC North roundup. Los Angeles Chargers have been winning games again. They're 8-5 and five and very much in the picture. Even if the AFC is tougher, 4-9, and nine, that is curtains for the Giants. There's no question. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Eight losses. Oh, they, they still have a chance. Shut up. They don't have a chance. Just just stop. Just just stop, okay? <laughs> Chargers, this was a one-sided battle. They went up by 30 at one point, and it just they didn't really get much better. Mike Glennon, a quarterback for the Giants. I mean, what more is there to say? Oh, and Kyle Rudolph had two catches for 66 yards, a 60-yard 60, 60 reception in one of them. Uh, a little yak going on there, I'm sure, obviously, because Mike Glennon doesn't exactly have the arm of legends. Kyle Rudolph able to uh, show a little burst in his older years, playing for the New York Giants, but who are basically a waste of space at this stage. They just, they're just they just a waste of space, the New York Giants. I mean, they're the New York Midgets, or they're just not good. That's all they are. Yeah, whatever they are, they stink. But Kyle Rudolph, 66 yards, leading them in yardage, I guess. Yay, that's great. Justin Herbert making it look easy, and the Giants made it look easy too. It's just a combination of that, 300 yards, three touchdowns. Well, just under 300, and sorry for Justin Herbert, but yeah, just an easy game for the Chargers, and good for them. Oops, oh no, Joey, 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 what am I doing in baseball playoffs? Congratulations, Atlanta Braves again, by the way. <laughs> Very uh, not disappointed with the result there. Who, who would want Houston to win the World Series? People in Houston, people in Houston, I'm sure even some of their fans rooted against them. The rematch of the Super Bowl in 1988. Ooh, it was a close one. That great Cincinnati defense and the legendary Joe Montana with that beautiful drive. Well, it ended kind of similarly with San Francisco winning in overtime. In this case, Cincinnati mounted a nice comeback down the stretch, but San Francisco is 7-6 and six on the season, and so is Cincinnati. Is they're going to be hanging on for dear life? That's too bad. But at least they're back in contention again. They're no longer rotting in the doldrums of H-E double hockey sticks. Uh, when it comes to the NFL. But San Francisco beats Cincinnati again, just like they did all those many years ago. Where guys like Anthony Munoz were left uh, with a very sad, disappointed look on their face as the 49ers with Montana, Rice, and Taylor and all them celebrated their, at the time, third Super Bowl title. As the fourth one was a little bit too easy. Denver didn't even show up. Uh, San Francisco won, like, what did they win? Well, they get like 50 to, what was it, like 50 to 9 or something. It wasn't even a game just wasn't. Joe Burrow, very nice performance. Jimmy Garoppolo, nice performance. Both of them quarterback ratings in the hundreds and multiple touchdown passes, and they did not turn the ball over. Good job, guys. Good job. Unfortunately, uh, Jarek McKinnon, just, he's never going to play again, I swear. Every time, whenever he does, he gets hurt again. It's depressing. Would like to see him suit up for San Francisco, but it didn't happen. Nick Bosa, another multi-stack game. Congratulations to him. Again, great job by the Minnesota Vikings offensive line, I should mention protecting uh, Kirk Cousins for the most part, except for Ole Udo playing left tackle again and stinking at it for the most part with the holding and the uh, um, false starts that just keep happening. Again, I mean, he is a tackle, Ole Udo. Now that I'm going to jump back to the Vikings for a split second, he was he, he is a tackle, but I, I don't know. I don't think he's a starting left tackle in the NFL. He's not a guard either. But I don't know. It's too bad. I mean, yeah, he looked pretty damn good at guard for a while, and it's just deteriorated during the course of the season, as he just keeps getting a little bit worse, and a little bit worse, and a little bit worse. All that kind of crap. Um, Nick Bosa, though, again, multiple sacks, and San Francisco able to win and stay alive in the NFC. Congratulations, 49ers, down the stretch. situation where I thought maybe just maybe the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning could be uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. I just call them the Lightning. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers victorious in what I thought it could have been a preview of the Super Bowl at one point. I don't think the Buffalo Bills are going to any Super Bowl. A 7-6 and six record. Tampa Bay jumps up to 10-3 and three as they continue to look more and more like a Super Bowl contender yet again. And don't be surprised if they're in the Super Bowl when it matters most. Um, I'm having to lower my voice a little bit. It's, uh, this person upstairs is getting a little bit to be too much. I'll just leave it at that. I don't understand anymore, man. This apartment sucks, too. <laughs> I'm going to have to move somewhere else very soon because the sound insulation here, it's like you whisper and people can hear you. It's ridiculous. Um, so apologize if this is crappy. 
audio. I'm trying to get closer to the mic here if possible. But Tampa Bay was able to survive and beat the Buffalo Bills, dropping them to 7-6. and six. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year anymore. I do think Tampa Bay will. <laughs> I think Tampa Bay is way at the top of being, winning a Super Bowl this year. Unless the Chiefs can uh, get the job done in like a rematch or New England steps up and gets it done. Looks like New England is off this week because they're not playing tomorrow either. You get another NFC uh, West showdown. Arizona versus the Los Angeles Rams, 10-2 and two, with an 8-4. and 10-2 uh, and two for Arizona, 8-4 and four for the Rams. Still a nice, interesting showdown. If Arizona wins that, though, that pretty much wraps it up for the AFC West. And the Arizona Cardinals will have won that. Green Bay Chicago is going on at the moment, and the Bears with a very impressive performance. We'll get back to that in a moment because that's next week's opponent. Denver over Detroit, 38-10. to 10. There's not a whole lot more to say. At least Detroit has one win. It just sucks to see who they got it against. And they could have won that game also. They could have won the game earlier in the year also. Teddy Bridgewater's solid, efficient performance. About what he'd do here in the past. You know, a little under 200 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Efficient, solid. And was able to avoid uh, too much pressure. Of course, Detroit doesn't exactly have the greatest pass rush either. Only one sack in the game. Alim McNeil of Detroit was the only guy to get a sack for them. And Draymond Jones of Denver with a couple of sacks on your favorite quarterback, Jared Goff. Jared Goff with 215 yards and a turnover. And that's just all there is to say. Uh, Chicago, very impressive. As Of course, this uh, recording a little later than I would have liked. The dinner get-together kind of dragged on longer than I would have liked, but it's how it goes sometimes. Chicago's leading over Green Bay 27-21 right now. Very impressive performance by the Chicago Bears team who have struggled all season. Uh, Justin Fields so far has only attempted 16 passes, but has thrown for a couple touchdowns. The ball has been spread around pretty nicely by Chicago. Justin Fields showing a lot of mobility. And of course, David Montgomery also solid running back for the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers has thrown for a couple of touchdowns and 133 quarterback rating thus far. Solid uh, efficient performance I think the Vikings can definitely pass on the Chicago Bears, but, I mean, with the Vikings' offense, it's going to be all over the place. I expect Kirk Cousins to have a better performance against the Bears than he did against uh, Pittsburgh, i got to think, because he was really rough. I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings won the game in Soldier Field. Let's look at the history a little bit. I'm not going to babble too much about it, because, I mean, we played each other like 120 times already, so <laughs> it, it is 120 times. 61, 57-2 overall between the two teams, 61-57-2. Vikings actually lead the all-time series, but within the last three years or so, the Bears lead. The Bears lead the uh, the, the series. It looks like, yeah, 5-1. to one. Wow. So since, uh, yeah, 2018, the Bears have, have led 5-1 to one thus far. Let's go back into history just a little bit before I get too crazy. Started very rough. The Vikings actually won the very first matchup between these two teams way back September 17, 1961, 37-13. I think this is the first win in Vikings history. I believe it was <clears throat> way back in the day. It's like, here we come. We're great. We're ready to roll. And then, yeah, then the Bears kicked our butts for years. Up until 1964, December 64, the Vikings crushed the Bears again in Chicago, 41-14. to And Soldier Field did exist that far back, but it was different, of course, back in those days. Similar, but different. Uh, Walter Payton wasn't quite playing yet either. <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, I I don't know. Sure, if the Vikings win, we're, we're in the hunt and we're 7-7 seven and seven and blah, blah, blah. And we still have a chance to have a winning record this season. It could easily happen. But the uh, Chicago Bears ultimately, <clears throat> you know, going into Soldier Field is not easy. Kirk Cousins has sucked at it forever. Blah, 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 blah. Um, what more can you say about these two teams when you're, uh, <laughs> it's usually a loss in Chicago historically. Yes, we did win in Chicago, which is funny. Last year we lost at home to the Minnesota Vikings late in the season when things were really going downhill and some people might have been surprised Zimmer came back at all after last season's disappointment. But that was the game that kind of put the nail in the coffin for Minnesota if it wasn't already in the coffin. Uh, I think the Vikings can win in Soldier Field. I don't think there's any doubt about it. What would it be like? Uh, yeah, about the same week, the third week of December, right before Christmas, 
and we don't have to get slaughtered by the Saints on Christmas Day again. That was pretty depressing and just a big waste of time, quite frankly, last year. Uh, I think the Vikings should be able to pull off a victory, but if the Bears play like they do, like they are tonight, I think the Bears win the game, no doubt. Uh, you know what? Forget it. The Bears win. The Bears win. The Vikings will probably win the final game. It'll be Mike, uh, Mike Zimmer's last game as a Vikings head coach. I think it's going to be a split, and I think the Bears do win. Yeah, I think the Bears win. I'd be actually surprised, actually, uh, if the Vikings are able to... If, if the Bears are anything like they look right now, the Vikings sh probably won't win that game in Soldier Field. Obviously, the reason why most people were thinking Vikings should be able to beat the Bears, you know, even though we're, we're all over the place and it's been a weird season and blah, blah, blah. And it's because Chicago passes for like two yards a game and like seven interceptions. You know what I mean? It's just been such a nasty year offensively for the Bears. But I would not be surprised if the uh, Chicago Bears get the win in uh, Soldier Field. And I don't think anybody really should be at the end of the day because the Vikings have struggled there forever. And they're starting to, I don't know, they're starting to play a little better lately, the Bears. So they're not good or anything. And maybe they will lay an egg. I'm going to pick the Bears to win, though. Uh, I'm just going to pick the Bears to win. The Vikings got their cute little 29-0 lead against Pittsburgh and showed everybody that, you know, they're not 29 points better than Pittsburgh. Let's just leave it at that. They're, they're not. <laughs> I wish they were, but they're not. I wish the Vikings were. I wish it was 41 donut versus Pittsburgh, and the Vikings swept Detroit and beat them by 30 points, and they crushed Green Bay. And they, You know, and you, you show Arizona who's the better team beating them in Arizona. Wouldn't that have been nice? But it's yeah, that just it didn't happen. None of that happened. None of it happened. And that's the problem with this season. None of that happened. Regardless of what should have happened, it didn't. And the uh, Chicago Bears will defeat the Minnesota Vikings with a final score of 27 to 24. Chicago Bears beat the Vikings 27-24. Vikings win the game. Obviously, you'd have to have a very efficient performance by Kirk Cousins. I do. I would expect another good, solid. Uh, um, performance by uh, Delvin Cook. I, I, I think he's going to have another really strong game against the Bears. Uh, obviously, there's not much of a pass rush in Chicago right now outside of Robert Quinn, who's actually still really good. And he's at two sacks tonight, so good for him. But uh, Khalil Mack doesn't appear to be, uh, doesn't appear like he's going to be available for Minnesota going into next week. So it just kind of is what it is when you look at that. Again, the Bears are not really contenders, obviously, and I think everybody knows that. It'll be fun to be on that screen. Daniel Hunter's out for the year with a pectoral. Khalil Mack underwent uh, season-ending foot surgery, so that's kind of the case with Khalil Mack. So we won't have to see him. Robert Quinn will be the main pass rusher coming against Minnesota. And if the Vikings offensive line performs reasonably well like they did last week, of course, again, Bradbury and Mason Cole both had their best game of the season according to Pro Football Focus. Their PFF grades last week were the highest of the season. So you get protection from your in, uh, interior line like that. That's pretty good. Uh, Vikings should have a chance against the Bears, but I think the Bears win. Bears are now trailing Green Bay, but yeah, but Green Bay might go to the Super Bowl this year. I think Tampa would beat them again in the NFC Championship or the divisional round, whatever it is. NFC tie, yeah, it would probably be a divisional round right now, I believe, with the way things are setting up, because I think they'd be 2 3 and Arizona would be number one. So the way things are heading, who knows, though, maybe the Rams will screw that up for Arizona. Somehow, some way. I, I don't think the Rams will overtake Arizona for the division, but they might knock them down to number two. And then, like, Green Bay or uh, Tampa Bay might end up hosting the NFC uh, all the way through the playoffs, if, unless they get upset. One thing, uh, something like that. But let's just uh, wait for that day to come. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. The Bears beat the Minnesota Vikings next week in Soldier Field. Despite the fact neither team has anything special right now, the Vikings have more weapons. There's no question about it. But the Bears, or, you know, but... But they, they haven't been winners all season. They have talent, but they haven't been winners. Uh, guys like Phil Mackey, Chad Zolget have talked about how they don't even look like a team out there. Like Kirk Cousins ran for a huge first down last week. Nobody gave a rat's ass. And and that's sad. They all just they didn't come and celebrate with him. And yeah, that was great. It was just kind of like, okay, well, next set of downs. Let's go. There's just no joy, no excitement. There's just no vibe. And... That's kind of starting to that's starting to remind me of the twenty uh, twenty twins or the twenty eighteen twins, where there was just no vibe at all. Um, 
the 2021 Twins, excuse me. What? They're just, yeah, but I don't think his Vikings team is that bad. The 2021 Twins were awful. Awful, to say the least. All right, so with that, we'll return with fan interaction after this. Back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Again, sorry if I sound like I'm kind of keeping it down, but I have to. It's just just the way it is right now, and I apologize. Hopefully things get a little better about that. I need to just get in my own house and get away from all this nonsense. It would really help, actually. Uh, Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, would be greatly appreciated. Let's see, I thought I had it up. Okay, here we go. Most recent episode was... Retweeted by Dave Hickey on Twitter. Thank you very much, out of Iowa. Vince Germano out of Australia. Tene Brown out of New Zealand. And Malcolm McSween out of California. Pretty cool. It's all very, let's just say that's very diverse in a lot of ways. Iowa, California, Australia, New Zealand. Pretty cool. Thank you guys so much. And there's Tene Brown. He had a picture there. Work uh, picture of him at work there, not not with him in the picture this time around. He's shown he's shown him in the past where he's actually in the picture. He says, listening to the latest Pearl Mafia show. Lucky the speaker goes loud enough so I can hear it over the rig. Thanks for keeping me company at 4 a.m. here, Joey. And yep, God bless you today out of New Zealand. Awesome guy. And thank you for listening. Just thank you for listening and for uh, bringing me with you like that and showing us what it's like there. with the uh, You're working on the rig there. Pretty damn cool. Pretty cool. Uh, thank you so much today. Huge, huge, huge shout out to you. And uh, much love always. Again, also from uh, Tim Rule's Explosion, where we first met, obviously, on Twitter and Facebook. Talking about Tim Rule's Explosion, Minnesota Tim Rule's podcast. That's the most recent podcast I recorded back on Friday, just a couple of days ago. Check it out if you like. Uh, Tim Rule's are a fun team to watch. They just haven't hadn't been playing well lately, unfortunately. I think the Minnesota Wild are on. I might have to switch this up, which is very naughty of me, but... Uh, Hey, I do a Minnesota Wild podcast. I better have them on. Packers and Bears. I'll have the score flashing, I guess, for that. Yeah, Minnesota Wild versus Vegas. Okay, Matt Martin out of Northern Scotland says the typical Zimmer, Zimmer bounce back game, bleeping pointless. I agree. I agree. At this point, I agree. But Black Space Vikings are going to blow this. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, because they almost did. I was saying on Breland sucks and people like that. Mad Martin says, what a terrible second half. 4.31 in the morning. Why am I watching this? Yep, I was saying I agree with the ref there. There was no defensive pass interference. And Kevin McMahon said, you're right, it was holding. Well, I didn't think, uh, I didn't think there was defensive pass interference. But, okay. Uh, the ball wasn't catchable in my mind. But sometimes that's just how it goes. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. And I respect you, Kevin McMahon. You know your football. So, I, I do mean that with sincerity. There's no sarcasm involved. Um, K-Man was saying, what was he saying? 98 yards with no timeouts, needing a touchdown and a two. What could go wrong here? And he's being sarcastic. I'm like, everything, of course. And he says, we're all thinking it happens every week. And it almost did happen. As again, if not for uh, Harrison Smith knocking the ball away, which was catchable as a perfect pass by uh, Ben Roethlisberger. It was as good as you could possibly throw it. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, very impressive second half and looked like the Hall of Famer he is. No question. Uh, another guy, he's, he's another guy who I used to like, you know, loathe, just like Aaron Rodgers and how they played each other in the Super Bowl. And I'm like, why can't both teams lose this game? I hate the Packers and the Steelers, and I hated Roethlisberger and Rodgers. Now it's like I've, I've softened on both of them. You know, when they get older and they're, you know, their career is so established and blah, blah, blah. It's like my whole vibe changes about guys like that, like Kobe Bryant, you know, later in his career. I hated him for so long. And then at the end, I was like, you know what, Kobe? Thank you. Thank you for the many years. And it's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger and Brett Favre and all them. Regardless if they're a rival or you just don't like the Steelers, which I don't, it's just, it is what it is. Um, I was saying how Breland sucks, and then Pete LaFlame said he sucks bad. He was being facetious. What was I saying? I was like, oh, yeah, he said he's awesome on Twitter, though. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And I was like, yep, I was agreeing with him. Nice to hear from Pete LaFlame once again. Yep, yep, and I'm with you. 
Oh, yes, and this was really cool. I tweeted to Paul Allen, you know, PA on the mic. The Paul Allen, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, that Paul Allen, KFAN Radio, yeah. I tweeted to him with the Purple Mafia Show Twitter account and said, just want you to know, I really appreciate your Faith and Goal podcast. As a lifelong Christian, it's great to hear such wonderful things inside the purple. Yep, and it went kind of viral a little bit because Paul Allen um, shared, tweeted it, what do they call it, quote tweeted it, and he said, thank you very much. I am enjoying the learning and sowing of seeds. It's all I ever want to do, actually. Here's the most recent Faith and Goal featuring Tom Ness, director of Minnesota chapter, the uh, FCAT team. Yep, and I, yep, I do check that out. I encourage you. Faith and Goal podcast followed you. Yep, Faith and Goal passed. Faith and Goal podcast followed. Pro Mafia. What do you think of that? Isn't that cool? So thank you so much, Paul Allen. Just in case one in a million chance he might have checked this out. Uh, thank you. You do a great job as play-by-play voice. No question about it. No question about it. And it's a great podcast. Uh, kind of a mix of uh, Christianity and uh, Minnesota Vikings football, like Christians on the Vikings and such, and including the Greg Coleman, uh, which was episode number two. That one was really good. Uh, we're looking forward. Yep, I'm going to get more and more caught up with uh, Adam Thielen. Obviously, uh, Kirk Cousins was on the first episode. Now we got a train going outside. Hopefully that's the... It's probably not... It's Tampa Bay Buccaneers playoff run, I think. I don't think it's the Vikings this year. Facebook. <laughs> Sorry about the noise. Facebook.com forward slash Pool Mafia Show. Well, the lady upstairs can't complain about this one. They're not going to just stop the train for her. Sorry. Sorry, sweetheart. <laughs> Take that. Beep. Take that. Okay, sorry. Purple Mafia Show is uh, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show is for Facebook. Purple Mafia episode 358. Let that sink in is now on Apple Pie. Blah, blah, blah. You get the idea. So let's get the comments. Mark Carlson already listening. Thank you, Purple Mafia staff, and you are so welcome. You're talking to the entire staff at the moment because Dylan Richardson and the sports stuff.com, you know, he doesn't do it anymore, unfortunately. So I'm the only guy. I am the executive producer, 100%. Gerald Sring out of Nebraska says, can't wait to listen. Thank you so much for listening, Gerald. God bless both of you very much. Now we go to the in-game thread. In-game thread. You have a very dramatic back-and-forth day, which uh, got a lot of uh, ups and downs over and over throughout the day. Uh, Mike Dale out of the New York State area, upstate New York, we'll call it. Steelers have finally awakened, and, and in true Mike Zimmer fashion, his team is having its its lead eroded at an alarming rate. Here we go. This could be yet another wild finish. And it was. Was there a reply? I'm sure there was. I see it. And he says, yep, KJ touchdown just with a doctor order. And that ended up being a bit of a dagger there. KJ Osborne with a great play. Mike Dale was saying, get the F out of here. Did I just see Kirk pull a Fran, dodging tackles, escape the pocket, and scramble for a first down? And he said, oh boy, and he was doing so well tonight. That was with the interception there. But uh, yes, uh, Kirk Cousins, yeah, remember I was talking about how the team just didn't even care when he ran for that. It's like there was like no vibe, and it was so sad. So, yep, uh, Phil Mackey brought that up, and as did Judd Zolga during the course of the week, particularly even on the Friday and Saturday shows. Obviously Friday, yeah, because there's you know, the day after Thursday, and I believe also on the event line show. Brett McCarthy said, what team is this? That's when the Vikings were kicking some butt for quite a while there. Trey Buckle says, Chris Boyd needs to be benched. His 15-yard penalty completely flipped things. I agree, Trey. Great uh, great take there. Thank you. Yep, I, I agree. I mean, I agree. <laughs> Mike Gale says, delay of game, 5-yard penalty, 3rd and 11, and throw it only 8 yards. Greg Joseph miss. Shaping up to a, yeah, boy, yeah, you really summed that up pretty perfectly there. Shaping up to be another typical Vikings game right away. Completely ambient about this game, to be honest, and yeah, I agree. Even if they did win 29-0, I'd be like, okay, well, yeah. I mean, we're, I, I, I don't see 2007 Giants here. I just don't see it. That's what I would take, 2007 Giants. I just don't see it, man. Mike Dale again. Boy, he is really <laughs> jumping for that gold star, isn't he? He says, here goes Zimmer going for two. The next time missing, doubling down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Give me about 10 seconds. No, I'm kidding. Sorry about that. I'm kind of disoriented here for a split second. Uh, yeah. Okay. Here goes Zimmer going for two. 
the next time missing, doubling down, and the next time probably not getting either. Just like last week, Greg Joseph, WTF, man. That was at the missed extra point and the missed field goal. Yeah, it was bad. Mike Dale said, Cook, Cook has looked amazing. No remnants or ill effects of the bump shoulder so far, but huge credit to the offensive line. The backs can drive through drumstick, can drive dump trucks through these holes. Yeah, hasn't it been great? What or Wasn't it great? Mike Dale says, are the Steelers' offensive and defensive linemen both on strike tonight? They're non-existent. Yeah, first half anyway. Um, Eric Mostard, South Dakota, says they couldn't beat Detroit Bull. The couldn't beat Detroit Bull comes on tonight. That's what it was. Neither, yep, uh, we lost to Detroit and we almost lost to earlier in the year. Pittsburgh tied them. It was pretty funny. Yep, it was the almost beat Detroit Bull or couldn't beat Detroit Bull, pardon me. Eric Mostard says, I should note that I saw this. First posted by Tony Coleman. Yep, so Tony Coleman started that one. Apparently, Mike Dale said, Eric Mostard, all good. Any way to garner any interest in watching these two flawed, mediocre teams and mini- and manufacture any perceived drama, real or imagined, the better. Tony Coleman said, no credit needed, sir. I didn't make it. I just shared it. Yep. <laughs> Jesse Ball says, Kirk Cousins overthrows JJ. Yeah, he overthrew. He's inaccurate the whole game. And then just doesn't know where to pull, where the play clock is in his own stadium. Sounds like another primetime Kirk game. $33 million a year. Well spent. <laughs> Mike Dill said, er, must be looking at the, yeah, but that's zero time left there. And the ball is still uh, under center, and they did not call delay of game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. As you can see, the zero playing his day. Good catch, Mike Dill. Agreed. Yep. Yeah, it was never called. That's messed up. So let's get to the post-game thread here. This show's probably going to be little on the shorter side for many reasons, unfortunately. You know, we're being a little later than I wanted to be and all that. And it's a couple of days ago. And for some, yeah, these midweek shows usually don't do as well, unfortunately. I wish they did, but maybe it will. Maybe it will. I don't know. And <laughs> I don't know. Josh Mayer Henry, Colorado, says, once they get a decent lead, they start playing soft. Yep. They were super aggressive in the first half. Half Halftime is time for adjustments, and Zimmer never makes adjustments when the other team does. Time for some... Fresh blood to coach this team. Yep, I agree. Mike Dale says Zimmer out. 29-point lead almost completely evaporated and would have been an NFL record had the Steelers tied it with a touchdown and two-point conversion. Dalvin, Fran recipient. Yes, yep, Fran recipient, all right. JJ, Hitman, Harry. Yeah, Hitman, Harry, pardon me. KJ and even Cousins, despite the one pick, that was his fault. All get accolades. However, Breland, Boyd, Dantzler, Udo, and the coaching staff were atrocious in the second half. We are the worst chokers in the league. Again, when you go to the locker room at halftime, up 29 points, and again, the outcome of the game is determined on the last effing play of the game. I'm sorry, but as a head coach, you've shown that you've uh, chronically failed to instill the winning drive, confidence, and strategy to your team necessary to make them even barely functional let alone a success. Even if the Vikings completely or completed the route, winning by two, three, or four touchdowns, I still truly believe that it would just be another example of a head coach that consistently gets inconsistent Jekyll and Hyde performances out of this team. A team that inconsistent will never win a Super Bowl. That said, because of the egregious near-blown lead, it just solidifies how clueless of a tactician and overall feckless leader Zimmer truly is. Whoa. Oh, this season seems like it has sucked multiple years from my lifespan, and I blame Mike Zimmer and Clint Kupiak. I hope the Wolves send them both really, really nice Christmas cards, but with enclosed one-way flight tickets out of MSP. Oh, Mike Dale. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, Mike. And you know what? And people would be like, you're not a good fan. You're not a good fan, Mike. You're not a good fan. No, you're an awesome fan. This, for you to write with this much passion, regardless if it's negative, I, it should be negative with what's been going on the last at least two years. Let's go even beyond that. It should be negative because they, they deserve a negative response. This team deserves a negative response. They've earned it, and they continue to earn it, especially the coaching staff. Maybe not the, yeah, I mean, the coaching staff especially deserves this is what I'm trying to say. I'm like screwing myself here. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with what Mike Dale said there. That is absolutely spectacular. I mean, you, <laughs> wow, man. Yankee William out of Brooklyn Center says, they got me so excited the first half. 
it was the team that we should be on all sides of the ball. The second half, I agree, I really do. The second half made me pull out the shot glasses because both sides of the team seem to have fallen flat. And I'm guessing it might have been a three wise man, just in case you're listening, Yankee. I, th- I, think he'd li- I think he's a listener. I don't think he's just commenting. Yep, the three wise men. Yep, we have to talk about that. Le- oh, again, what's up with this guy? It's the same thing again. That's funny. I'll come back to it. Leland Albertson says, first half, it was like watching a Super Bowl challenger. Second half was like watching an 0-8 high school team with a first-year gym gym teacher coaching. This team really reflects its quarterback. Uh, uh, this team really reflects its quarterback. Pad the stats so no one can completely bash you. Yeah, exactly. Do just enough. Let's see if I can. There we go. Good. I keep forgetting this is touchscreen. This is actually really nice to have. It's good for navigation, actually. Uh, this team really reflects its quarterback. Pad the stats so no one can completely bash you. Do just enough and buckle under pressure. Sorry. You would think a more positive post should follow in. I'll just say the last play should not decide the game with a 29-0 score. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree there, Leland. Just a little bit. Yes, I agree 100%. Rocky Hens says this again. If he keeps posting the exact same thing, I may never read it again, but we'll see. Primates, trying to establish dominance. I can see that at the zoo for the price of a bag of peanuts. He says that every week. Interesting. Um, I don't know if he's just making fun of sports fans or what, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to read it next week if he posts the same thing again because it's like, okay, we get the point. If you just happen to be listening, we get the point. We, we, We got it. And, uh, we, we, we got it. <laughs> so with that, the gold star of this episode, it's it's Mike Dale. It has to be Mike Dale. Has to be. Uh, he is demanding a Hall of Fame ballot. <laughs> he's not just he's not just a possibility. He's just he's demanding it. Like you are putting me on the ballot for the Hall of Fame this year. <laughs> this year. That's what he's doing. That's so good he's got. That's, <laughs> that was so good. Uh, Silver Star. Um, Tanae has got to get the silver star showing us awesomeness, just the awesomeness at the workplace and, you know, just sharing us, uh, sharing us that. Thank you so much. And Paul Allen gets an honorable mention as a silver star. I don't think he listens or anything. I truly doubt it. I'd be shocked if he did, but an honorable, it's like an honorary silver star to Paul Allen for all that. Uh, you know, and that, uh, faith and gold podcast. Thank you so much for getting back to me. And uh, Leland Albertson and Yankee, you're going to get silver-plated bronze stars for this episode. Thank you guys for the interactions and the great strong thoughts there. Really cool. Really, really cool. Um, uh, and Dave Hickey uh, private messaged me a couple times and said, I do a great, you know, you know, thank you so much for what you said again about how uh, he was saying it was an awesome show against Detroit, one of the best in a while. Like how good, you know, he said it was a really, really good show. So thank you. There was a lot of emotion in that one. This one, not as much even though there probably should have been, but it's just one of those weird middle week type of deals. And you're like, you get, you're just kind of resigned to things now after losing to Detroit. There's no way I could like re <laughs> there's no way I could bring back the same emotion I had for the Detroit game after this one. Um, it would have been really interesting had the Vikings lost though. Holy cow, cow would it have been interesting. Uh, with that said, encouraging you to uh, join the Vigit application, now download it and jump on board to that Vigit V I G I T for a referral, Paladino Live. It'll all be in the show description. Uh, it is basically fantasy betting, not real money wagering. And then jump on crypto.com, the application, not a website. It's an application. I'll have a link in the uh, show description showing how uh, it shows that I referred you. And we each get $25 put in our accounts to trade cryptocurrencies. And that would help this podcast a lot more than you think because, well, you can withdraw money after you make some and such, and it would really help this show in a lot of ways, or I could just withdraw the 25 right away to help get some some uh, extra features for this podcast, which would help. Please help the show if you could that way. Um, and you get $25 to trade crypto, so it, it can be a lot of fun. $25 can go a long way in the crypto world. Believe me, it can. I'm not kidding. Um, with that said, it's nice to uh, hope you enjoy your hope you're enjoying your Christmas season or holiday season, depending on what you celebrate. I uh, consider Christmas the main one, but obviously, you know, if you celebrate a different holiday, that's totally fine. That's totally up to you. I'm not gonna say yes, no, maybe so, one way or another. Uh, 
God bless all of you. Enjoy yourselves. And uh, at this point, I'm not like hope the Vikings win and blah blah blah. Yeah, well, I, I don't. I don't know what I hope, honestly. I don't know what I hope. In a really high-scoring hockey game, 4-3, to three, Vegas after the uh, first period, or second period, pardon me, so that's interesting. 4-3, to three, wow, very high-scoring compared to last night's LA Kings game, which was just 2-1 to one, uh, Los Angeles. Wild might be in the middle of a little two-game losing streak here. That's a bummer. With that said, though, again, have a wonderful week. Monday night football, so another odd schedule, but it is what it is. Welcome to the football world, right? Have a great week. Take care and talk to you soon.